Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing emerging market debt. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm delighted to be joined by Ala Boucheri, Head of Corporate Debt. Uh, welcome, Ala. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Uh, thanks, Ala, for joining me. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year to you. When we think about emerging market assets, of course, I think the first thing that comes to mind is volatility. But, you know, what a year. Uh, if we think about what's happened in 2022, I think uh, maybe not the most volatile year, but uh, it's got to be up there. We think of, of everything that happened. Uh, on one hand, rising U.S. interest rates and a strong dollar, which generally isn't the best environment for emerging market assets. Um, that said, and I'd be curious to get your opinion on this, maybe it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Uh, we think about, of course, the huge changes, the volatility that we've seen in China, which has had a big impact uh, on emerging market assets uh, and the war, and particularly the impact then on commodity prices, which uh, again has had uh, different impacts on different emerging markets, depending on whether they're commodity exporters or not. So a lot to talk about. So before we go to your outlook for 2023, could I ask you for a quick recap uh, on what were the key factors, the key events for 2022, uh, at least as far as emerging market corporate debt was concerned? Yes, sure. So um, for 2022, I would uh, summarize it as a very much a challenging year for emerging market corporates. So we ended up with negative return for the year at 17 percent. And uh, it was really a function of, of several both macro and idiosyncratic events that led to that. I will start off with China, which uh, you mentioned. So the zero COVID policy there really saw a slowdown um, across all sectors and affected the wider Asia region and, of course, uh, global trends uh, there more specifically on supply. On a more idiosyncratic viewpoint, uh, China real estate was the event. We saw record defaults there. The sector was the largest issuer out of Asia, not just out of China, and very much a big part of the benchmark. And when we saw tightening in policy there, which therefore led to defaults, we saw record defaults there. However, we do see that trend turning around. It was our expectation that we would see easing and we do see the moving away from zero COVID policy, uh, which has translated into positive sentiment. And we also see easing policy across the real estate sector and actually supportive measures to help recovery there. So in conclusion, yes, it was a very challenging year for 2022, but we do hold an optimistic view and expect improved performance for this year. Well, that's, I guess, the, the obvious next question after minus 17 in 2022. Certainly, I'll hope it will be better uh, in 2023 and really should be quite positive. You know, history tends to show that you have a bad year. We should then have a good year uh, to get in a little bit more detail. What are your expectations uh, for 2023? But at the same time, as always, what are some of the risks you foresee? Sure. So for 2023, we are expecting total return to be in double digit territory. 
and for it to be led by, well, first the opening of China and reversal of tight policies there. So again, from both a macro and micro um, point of view. But of course, this outlook faces uncertainties and, and they are around the themes of inflation, recession risks, rates, geopolitics and the risk of a credit event, whether that being via a single name or a sector or a region. We do place a very low probability um, with regards to the risk of a credit event, but we are an EM corporate and, and that is an aspect that we have to always be on the outlook for. As always, I would imagine where you're looking for the opportunities are in overweighting one sector or or area versus another, a country. So really, it is as much about the relative value positions, I imagine, that you take as opposed to the absolute positions. Uh, so if you think about, say, credit versus EM sovereigns, how does EM credit look versus U.S. credit? Uh, and overall, how do you see valuations and fundamentals now after the year uh, that was 2022? I think the relationship there has changed quite a lot and it's very interesting to look at that. I think if you are, for example, looking with with a fresh pair of eyes um, at relative value with EM corporates versus EM sovereigns, what it looks like now does look different from a couple of years ago. What I mean by that is that um, not necessarily all EM countries have corporates that are issuing. So the constituents in terms of regions and countries are very different or are becoming more different. So the decoupling is very real in terms of looking at it uh, like for like. Traditionally, you had emerging market sovereigns that had quasi names that are state owned companies that issue on the back of the sovereign curve, such as Bank of China out of China or uh, Petronas out of Malaysia or Petrobras out of Brazil. And uh, they are either state-owned companies directly or if they are listed in the case of Petrobras, do have a very strong link to the government and government policies affect their business model as well. So that link is very, very clear. And if they were non-quasi names, they were quite closely related to the sovereign. And so it was more like for like. But over the years, we've seen EM corporates grow in terms of diversification. So the like for like has become uh, less uh, reliable. And we see that on a benchmark level. So uh, EM corporate benchmark is shorter in duration by approximately two years, but it's better in terms of rating where it's IG and and EM sovereign is, is high yield. But that's really coming down to the constituents and how that has changed over the years and how EM corporates have developed in terms of diversification. Having said that, if we look at um, uh, relative value, we ended the year with corporates slightly outperforming, but you really have to look at it from a bottom-up perspective to really understand where those moves have been. So optically, when you look at EM corporates versus EM sovereigns or EM corporates versus U.S. credit, even in the IG and the high yield sector, it doesn't necessarily translate to the story of what is really happening. What you really have to do or what we found that we really need to do to understand where the moves are and what's driving the moves and where the values are is really looking at moves from a bottom up perspective. Having looked at that, I would say that we're heading into 2023 with an overweight in high yield, but that is very much from a bottom-up approach 
where we are also focusing on recovery and situational plays, more specifically in Asia. And by Asia, I would narrow it down to China, Indonesia, Macau, uh, and uh, India, and a little bit of Korea, but that's more sector specific. So our regional preference is Asia, where, where we hold an overweight in, in the high yield sector, but also in LATAM, and of course, uh, some opportunities in, in Europe, but Asia remains a focus. In terms of fundamentals, and you touched on that, they have remained quite resilient, but this is a function of the balance sheet optimization that started to take place starting in 2015 when we had a downturn in oil. A lot of EM uh, corporates are, are linked to, to the sector and they were in a situation where they needed to look at their financial health and optimize from there. And those efforts led to where they were during the lockdown, where they found their fundamentals to be much stronger and able to navigate that situation. And fast forward to now, it's also put them in a position where they were able to navigate a tough market condition um, last year. So uh, quite resilient. And despite the headwinds, we saw very marginal weakening in gross leverage, very, very healthy. And we expect them to continue with that discipline uh, moving forward. So no surprises in terms of uh, fundamental weakening um, last year, and we don't expect it to be uh, this year either. Right. So we're at the beginning of, of 2023. So I'm sure you've got your list uh, of your big opportunities. What are your highest convictions right now as we kick into January? So I would say our highest uh, convictions in EM corporates as we head into 2023 is on a regional basis. Our preference is in Asia. Uh, we continue to be constructive on China real estate, and that's our view there started to play out on more specifically on November 11th, when the policymaker communicated with the financial sector what we perceive to be a more targeted and focused plan to deliver um, projects and see a turnaround to the sector. There have been quite a few positive developments, which has been reflected in the price moves over the last couple of weeks. The trajectory of the sector has moved towards a positive trend in line with our expectations. And while we are yet to see a few of our very specific targets um, or expectations uh, play out, we do expect this positive trend to continue. Away from China and China real estate, uh, we are constructive across Asia high yield. So we do like uh, Indonesian commodities. We do like Indian renewables. Macau stands to benefit from the China reopening. So we also like Asian um, subordinated bank debts, which has been the focus since the fourth quarter of last year. And we do expect them to call the subordinated debt as the call dates come due. Great, Olive. I can summarize some of the key points. I mean, you mentioned minus 17 percent returns in 2022 for emerging market debt, but really not so terrible. You look at S&P 500 treasuries in general, and it's certainly for an emerging market asset, not necessarily uh, so bad. The key drivers, though, uh, China, particularly real estate, uh, and we did have record defaults, but 
does seem to be turning around. Uh, so when you think about 2023, anticipating double-digit total returns, uh, again, key drivers, China, and the reopening that, that we see taking place. Uh, but again, appreciative of the risks, uh, volatility, the challenges that China faces, uh, moving to living with COVID overall, of course, inflation, still a concern, uh, high rates, geopolitics, credit events, so uh, certainly a lot to keep you busy. One of the key developments you highlighted uh, from last year was that the relationship you pointed out between EM credit uh, and sovereigns has changed. And partly that's because of the, the universe evolving more diversity within the EM uh, corporate space. Uh, you also highlighted that overall one of the, the positive points of the year was how resilient fundamentals remain despite all the challenges uh, and that was thanks to to balance sheet optimization a lot of these companies went through uh, years ago. Uh, finally, for 2023, uh, your high conviction views, your overweight and high yield, uh, though highlighted that that was driven more by a bottom-up view as opposed to a top-down call on high yield, uh, and your high convictions are in Asia and particularly China real estate. Well, Ola, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your VMP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our new website, for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Ali Boucheri. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.